and welcome back to season three of Over Underrated. And this is the sound of me walking around my flat or apartment, depending on where you are in the world, and looking out of the window to see a workman by a school. This is my view. Please tell me yours. We have chosen to do Sweden as our opening episode because I'm a Swedophile. That is Swedophile. And I've always wanted to bang on about Kent. So Babs has chosen ABBA as the overrated pick for us to have a lovely debate. We've both made a playlist. I enjoyed making mine. I'm not too sure about Babs. And we will discuss both of the bands. So, cue the intro music. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Over underrated. Welcome to Series 3 of Over Underrated with me, Fran, and my co-host, Babs. Hi, Babs. What have you been listening to this week? Hello, Fran. Um, This week, I have been listening to Halsey's new album, which has been co-written by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. It is quite interesting because it is basically pop with a Nine Inch Nail sensibility. What about you? I have rediscovered the band for Collectible Few. Okay. who I reviewed about 10 years ago, one single. And it turns out they made an album. And I don't think anybody bought it, looking at the uh, Spotify <laughs> listens. <laughs> but they have a lovely song called Headstrong. Check it out, guys. There we go. Babs and Franz music recommendations uh, for the week. I mean, it's a nice change to us talking about what stage of lockdown we're in or yeah. how, how free we are. So yeah, music recommendations from a music podcast. It makes sense. It does make sense. What are we going to talk about today, Babs? Well, today we have picked another location uh, to chat about, the country of Sweden. I have chosen ABBA, Sacred Cow as my overrated act, and you have picked Fran. I have picked everyone's favourite Swedish band they've not heard of, Kent. Yes, Kent. Um, not named after the English county. Uh, do you actually know why they're called Kent? Kent is a girl's name in Sweden. Mm, okay. If anybody knew how hard it would be for English people to be Googling them 20 years later. Indeed. Well, do you know what? Given that we were talking about who we were listening to, uh, and I actually messaged you about them, there's a German band called Slut. Just Slut. And every time I Google them, I have to put Slut German band. <laughs> and they were called, they've been going for like, I think, well, they, no, no, they're still going. They've been going for over 20 years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the internet already existed, guys. You knew it well, Kent, Kent have a single called, uh, I think, Slag 400. So, Excellent. you know, we, they do love <laughs> these well, terms. Well, in, in Dutch, Slag means cream. So sometimes on a menu, you'll be like, coffee met Slag. And uh, it always makes me laugh. And we all love a dick in German. But moving on to, uh, to cleaner topics. ABBA, they're back. <laughs> we didn't know this was going to happen, did we, Babs? No, we didn't. So we were discussing what should we record as uh, as our first episode of season three or for season three, cut as appropriate. Um, and I think basically Fran had wanted to talk about Kent 
for a, for a long time. And so, of course, we thought about Sweden. And I thought, you know what? Now is the time for me to slag off ABBA. And boy, am I glad that I picked them. I have some things to get off my chest. And suddenly, the next day, the world went crazy with ABBA dressed up as characters from Tron releasing... <laughs> some new songs for an up-and-coming album and i believe the tour has gone on sale already with their hologram sort of tour i believe is what yeah, we're doing Abba voyage right that's uh that's what it's called um yes so of we're, we're not gonna lie for the marketing this really helps of the the marketing of this episode that really helps it wasn't our intention it's been interesting to see who's involved in it because i don't know if you saw but little boots is going to be involved in the concerts and james Wrighton, you know of the uh, klaxons and um, shock, shock Machine was that a solo act he's uh, he's going to be involved as well I saw them posting on their social media so intrigued, intrigued to see what it will sound like although from the two new songs have you heard them? I have and yeah this is my question to you is are they going to be singing live now? so is it going to be the 70 odd year old lady singing? Now? I don't know um, but it did make me laugh so I, I talked to uh, my beloved father paolo just before the recording of this episode and he actually helped me put the abba playlist together and we were talking about the new songs he's a fan and he said that he thinks one of them sounds like angela lansbury playing the teapot in beauty and the beast <laughs> there is that there is that and i'm thinking i've not heard them trying to sing sos or dancing queen is mm. it going to be the sound of my grandma singing sos and, and dancing queen Which, or can they still do it's a bad thing you know like uh you know, Iggy Pop still struggling on, um, and I think, you know, th- there is a taboo about pop stars being older. You know, you see sort of Madonna constantly trying to kind of innovate to save her life, and I think in the past the way that she did it was quite admirable. But now it, I think she's she's kind of lost her finger on the pulse a little mm. bit. I, I don't mm. know. Anyway, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how tiring it's going to be. Like if you were a seventy-year-old who'd gone and secluded yourself in the woods for ages as one of them did right like yeah it's going to be pretty knackering i'm sure especially after covid but what's going to be strange is if they are going to be having a hologram or them looking 30 years old having the voice of someone in the 70s is going to be odd well isn't it what people said about the irishman the martin scorsese film because Mm. wasn't it that they used cgi to make Robert De Niro looked younger, but apparently in the movements, he still moved like an older man and it was really noticeable. I mean, I'm sure people will enjoy any ABBA on stage, I guess. It's going to make a lot of people happy and seemingly there's more people who are happy about this than hating this. Well, that's where I come in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I, I picked ABBA because I think, yeah, more... I'm thinking similarly to the Oasis episode that we did. It's like they are absolutely enormous in, in to me, quite an, an outsized way. Um, like, you, you can't deny their range and you can't deny their infants. And there's, you know, there is some good songwriting there, but just the obsession with them, I don't really understand. And I think... Uh, they were they became really big when I was a kid when ABBA Gold came out and then there was that TV show that was like an ABBA retrospective and it just it suddenly seemed that they were in fashion again and they were everywhere and I was like okay like they've got some good songs and they've got a lot of songs you know that's 
you know, it was an interesting process to put this playlist together. Like there really is a lot. And, you know, it's not like I went, you know, I did a Chris Webb and listened to all the albums back to back to to pick the songs because I am not a masochist. Yeah, there's there's a lot there and there are a few bangers, but like there's a lot of dross. There's a lot of dross and I've picked 10, 10 songs of dross this time around. <laughs> I guess people never talk about ABBA being an album act. It's mainly Indeed. about it's mainly the singles we they talk about. It's ABBA gold. People don't tend to listen to the twentieth anniversary of Arrival or The Visitors. They listen to ABBA gold. They are a pop band. It's all about the singles. That's what I kind of gauge in my research. And I think looking now that ABBA gold has been in the UK charts for nine hundred weeks. Jesus, I thought it would be something like that. Yeah. It's that's, crazy. Uh, that's impressive. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely found that because I realised I don't I didn't really know an ABBA album title, I think, before I did this research. Didn't know they had an album called Waterloo. Didn't know they had an album called Voulez-vous. Um So yeah, for the songs that I picked, I've had to kind of go in and see what album it is and what other singles or, you know, what, what are the biggest songs. Um, and I think what I found putting together this playlist, so, you know, Fran has already been on to me because um, I think that every single one is from the 70s. Fair enough. But I think it's because... A lot of their 80s songs, which are more successful, even the ones I don't like, like um, Super Trooper or Thank You For The Music, I just can't disassociate them with life. They they permeated so much, ABBA, whether it's a school disco or a wedding or just the radio, you know, I don't know, being in a car with your family. Even the songs that are more famous that I don't like, I'm like, I can't, I can't pick them as hateful, especially when there's so many other bad songs that aren't as big so yeah i think a lot of their big songs were from the 80s and uh i'm not saying i like them all but um they're definitely more tolerable there's definitely a change around 1977 when they become a more of a growing up self-aware band the early stuff is well we're going to discuss it very different i believe Mm -hmm. in the the later years lyrically they're going for a divorce and Mm -hmm. you know and they just weren't some of the lyrics in these songs are absolutely appalling i cannot wait to take them apart with you um yeah just so the way i made this playlist so you know my dad paolo he's a big abba fan so he was obviously disgusted when uh, when he heard that abba were being picked as overrated but i was like come on dad like you can you can help me out give me uh, give me some of the songs that you think of they were so five of these songs come from him and the other five are from me uh, scouring several ABBA best to worst playlists and uh, and going from there and also kind of picking the ones with bad titles so one of them I, I picked because I was like well that sounds awful and then I was like yep yeah, yep yeah, it's it's awful it's awful I think I only knew three of the songs on this list before making making this playlist um, and it was interesting because some of the songs that my dad provided I actually really enjoyed uh, I'm a Marionette for example sounds like Sparks I was like wow this is incredible and that was from the 70s and it sounded very modern and interesting and I was like dad what, what's wrong with you uh, but a lot of others yeah are shite so yeah <laughs> but I mean what what do you think about ABBA like I, I guess you, you can't really say they're, they're underrated but do you, do you think the hype is, is worth it it's interesting because my mum had the Abbey Greatest Hits as one of her only vinyls in her record collection. Right. So occasionally she would play some Abba around the house. I remember Abba getting big when Erasure released their Abba EP of a cover mm-hmm. of Voulez-vous. 
and that's when ABBA in the UK seemed to have a, 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 you know, a new life. And then over mm-hmm. the 90s, they suddenly became hip again, and you would get like pop bands doing like an ABBA medley at the Brits. Yeah. And, and then I guess from that spark came the musical, and then the musical obviously gave them life, then, you know, the movies came, and now I went to a festival um, in July, and Sophie Ellis Bexter had to pull out last minute because of COVID, so we got Beyond Again, the the oh, yeah. uh, seminal ABBA tribute act, and I think that people generally loved them more than anything Sophie Ellis Bexter did, because every single person <laughs> in that festival, from 6 to 60, knew every single song, and it's quite mm-hmm. a nice atmosphere when every single person is singing the same song, which is quite mm-hmm. rare, so you've you got to give ABBA some props uh, that they have still no, have such a pull that children still know every single ABBA song and you know they, they constantly are in the, you know the, the zeitgeist but um, yeah I don't own any ABBA um, <laughs> but that's a band who exists um, what I do remember also is when I used to go to Andre 18 nightclubs mm-hmm. in the hour of like the for dancing like when they like the dance fillers they'd always play Dancing Queen and then two songs later they would play Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit so I always kind of linked them as like for, no the songs everyone's going to dance to, but I guess smells like Teen Spirit is kind of like a, a well, pop song, isn't it? Really, Within... that's a nice segue because I was going to say like when my dad always tries to defend Abba, he says that Kurt Cobain was a big fan, uh, which apparently he was, um, and yeah, it, that's uh, yeah, that's that's quite funny. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It does they do permeate the consciousness, and that yeah, that is why I made this this very specific list, and it was interesting to me that I just genuinely couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't consign certain songs that definitely overplayed um, to to this list, with with one exception, which is my first choice. Overrated. My first pick is "I Have a Dream" from Voodoo Vu, nineteen seventy nine. All the other best, better known songs are better. Voodoo Vu, "Does Your Mother Know," "Chikatita." Ah, uh, oh, it's so saccharine. It's so annoying. Um, I think I'm probably traumatized by the Westlife cover as well because it's like that was just unnecessary. And so I have seen the Mamma Mia musical and I actually saw it with Paolo when it, I think when it opened in London in, in the early 2000s before I moved to Luxembourg. I remember I remember enjoying it, but apparently it's quite a recurring song in the musical and the films. And I thought, God, <laughs> that's they're, they're the better picks. Yeah, um, obviously I knew this song. Um... It's to me. It sounds more your vision than Waterloo. Mm-hmm. You can imagine someone singing mm-hmm. this now, and it will be you know in the top ten picks of that night. Um, I can I can just visualise people's arms aching from waving a lighter for the entire song. Um, I always found it strange. Do you believe in angels? I do well, but also why the sitar sound? Is that a sitar in the background? That is a good question. It's always a weird. I always found out an odd choice of music. But yeah, so do you agree it's shite? It's not. It's a, it's an instant skip. I like, yeah. apart from maybe the winner takes it all, I like the fast ABBA songs. Well, I think before I put this playlist together, I would have said the same, but fast is not always good. Well, you're right, you're all right, sorry. Uh, as we go into my second choice perhaps so the next song is Another Town Another Train which is from their debut album Ring Ring 
uh which i looked there i don't i think i don't think there's any of their known songs from there um and yeah it's discussed yeah i didn't didn't know they had an album called ring ring didn't know anything and i hadn't honestly realized i picked exclusively songs from the 70s when i did this you said eurovision vibes this is exactly what this feels like to me i put bad eurovision vibes it's really cheesy as hell and i put this comment for this song and a lot of others it just feels cynical i think knowing knowing abba later on where it feels so personal but even if you don't know that they're going through a divorce and it's about their life the winner takes it all it's just like a devastating song lyrically but this i just don't really believe it and um just made me think like were abba influenced by or slash trying to cash in on sort of country americana because that is what a lot of the songs on this list have that vibe and i just i just don't like it though i will say i enjoyed the lyric you and i had a groovy time feels very 70s very nice <laughs> i mentioned that as well in my uh, in my thing it's like when's the last time anybody anybody just described their night out as a groovy time a, a groovy time unironically i might start texting people thank you for the groovy time <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Let me know so, how it works. <laughs> so linking this back to your dad, he mentioned a term called Slager, which I believe yeah. is a German pop, very yeah. pop at that time. And mm-hmm. ABBA were influenced by Slager, which is the sentimental oh, crap. And also yeah. folk pop was massive in Sweden. So the rock mm-hmm. and roll, although the Beatles became big, they still had this traditional folky vibes and the slugger vibes of like the neighboring countries and that is what inspired the early abba mm-hmm. so that's why it's so sacrilegious and it's like it's almost as if like disney was punk rock it's like it's it's so so horribly dull um so yeah i had never heard the song so thank you for introducing it to me um oh. and uh, you're welcome pa- <laughs> yeah, thank paolo <laughs> it was interesting dear i think you can hear a flute is that a flute in the background yeah could could well be i i honestly like i've got very little kind of musical notes on these songs because just they they annoyed me so much that you know i i i i, I couldn't tell you um it, so it, it might well be it was a decade when the flute was in pop music and then mm-hmm. in the 80s they had the saxophone took over and then mm-hmm. i don't know what happened in the 90s like woodwind was destroyed forever <laughs> sadly <laughs> bring back the woodwind well I, lizzo you know she plays the flute yes uh, in in her songs so yeah i think she's she's probably flying the flag from that fantastic um, yeah apart yeah. from that the only time you ever heard about a flute was in, in american pie Ah, oh, very nice very Thank nice. You. <laughs> and, and with that mental image we talk well almost a little bit related the next song is called when i kissed the teacher from uh, arrival in 1976 which was their second album and it has dancing queen and knowing me knowing you which i'm not a fan of but money 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 is on there and i think yeah that's that's a decent catchy tune um so for this one this was one that was kind of on and off the playlist when i was making it i almost replaced it with thank you for the music uh, because I find it similarly annoying. But what won it out for me are the creepiest fuck lyrics. <laughs> I mean, just the title already, you're like, uh, what's going on here? And then the fact that I, I went to actually study the lyrics. At first she says she, and then he. It's like, what what is going on here? <laughs> are multiple people getting kissed? Is there some kind of uh, orgy going on with minors? This, this does not seem kosher. I, okay, so... I believe it's their third album. I think their first album was Ring Ring, Ring Ring. Can't say that word. Waterloo. Oh, you're right. You're right. That, and yeah. and I think Ring Ring was their only Swedish 
uh, Langra's album they did it in both but then they gave up um, so I had never heard song in my life until I saw the Mamma Mia oh. sequel and I think Wait, this is so, the opening song. So just to song. correct myself, Arrival is their fourth album. Fourth album, yeah. Yeah, so I, when I saw that Mamma Mia film, I was like, oh, this is strange. Like, is this like a big hit? Because it's strange to start a film with a song that I had never heard before. And, you know, mm. and I instantly loved it. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you like the song. And yeah, I this is a song that I continually play randomly because it's just got a, a great... Well, yeah, okay, you're, you're very correct about the lyrics. Mm. I have to remove myself about a song about, you know, a girl kissing a teacher. Um, but in the 70s, different times, they loved singing about 16-year-old girls and, you know, that kind of thing, unfortunately. Um, mm. But yeah, I love the build. I don't actually like the chorus. I prefer the verse. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of the more favorable songs i would say this is like i i don't i don't hate it with a passion as much as as i hate the others but i again I, you know okay you like it fine good for you uh I, I i think i think there are better and but yeah it's not it's not annoying i would say it doesn't it doesn't grate me the wrong way and i think there are good bits in it so I, but i think thank you for the music is terrible and that should definitely be on this list <laughs> uh honestly it was it was very close um i think I think that what saved it was the harmonies. Uh, I, I don't know. Just the harmonies are very, very impressive. I mean, in other places, the harmonies annoy me, so I, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe, you know, the fact that I, I quite like songs about music, actually. Like, um, I really like, for example, LP Retreat by Lustrous Jackson, which is just all about spinning records and loving music. And uh, Turn It Up by Robots in Disguise, which, you know, they name check all these all these albums. Um I, I like the meta nature of it, so maybe that's why it didn't make it on the list. And um, you know, a song about people screaming when you're kissing a teacher. Yeah, correct, correct <laughs> response. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> isn't isn't thank you for the music when she starts off saying, "People look at me when I start to sing." It's really <laughs> like it's like DV. Well, I mean, it's Adam. Well, yeah, it's true, <laughs> but I mean, it's, yeah, I hate the intro to that, and I, and I most always think of Adam Partridge. He does oh, yeah, a, yeah. yeah that 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 Abba medley, so I can't not see Alan sitting in that line. But yeah, um, moving on. What's next? Moving on, we have so long uh, another Paolo pick from their third studio album, Abba, nineteen seventy five. So much superior songs on this album. You've got Mamma Mia, you've got SOS, and I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Extra one. Um, so I think the beginning is very intriguing once again sort of sparks-esque i'm saying then the sort of 70s guitar comes in and you're like okay it's a bit of a left turn but i can still get on board and then the chorus comes in and it's just it's just annoying yeah so long to you mates like <laughs> i just go, go away um yeah i you know we, we i was thinking of you know crowded house and maybe with kent a little bit sometimes um i feel like I'll, you know a song feels like it's in parts or you know the chorus is the weakest point i hadn't really thought about abba like that but a lot of songs on this list are like that to me and this is one of them um it's interesting how it's almost as if they had a hit with waterloo and then thought oh we need to do a similar thing again and again and it's, mm. it's like yeah this is like the the getting worse as it goes along waterloo it's mm. got the same sort of bouncy glam rock but after glam, nice was, description. But Very after, good. but after glam, what was cool? 
So, you know, it's just like once your dad discovered a game and made a, and made a, a band of his mates to, to ruin T-Rex, that sort of, that sort of music. Um, yeah, it's got a, a weird, odd Peter Gunn trumpet closure that oh. comes out of nowhere as well near the end. Some very interesting um, discussions over instrumentation in this album. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the Waterloo album, apart from the main single, seems to be pretty terrible. But this is this is not from the Waterloo album. It's from oh, the, it the ABBA album. No, it's it's oh. from ABBA, uh, which is a year late. A year later, I think. Oh God, hang on, let me check. My even worse again. then. Even worse if it's a yeah. year later. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Waterloo was seventy four. This is ABBA seventy five. I mean, you're spot on that they're trying to recreate that. And you know, Mamma Mia, SOS, and the others. You know, much much better than than this. For sure. Oh yeah, Mamma Mia and SOS are two of my favorite ABBA songs. Definitely shocking, yeah. shocking filler. <laughs> indeed and uh the next one jesus fucking christ so people need love from their debut album ring ring uh so my notes are i'm, I'm gonna read them to you in order this wouldn't be out of place in an er- uh, in a situation where you think it's a hippie commune but it turns out to be a patriarchal cult uh the tune is basic as fuck and the key change the motherfucking key change in capital letters uh it's just it's just awful cynical saccharine tat i i really i think this is my least favorite on the on the list and i mean the lyrics are appalling i mean i know it's the 70s but still man has always wanted a woman by his side to keep him company women always knew that it takes a man to get matrimony and harmony everybody knows that a man who's feeling down wants some female sympathy gotta have to that got gotta have love to carry on living gotta have love till eternity yeah this is this is the first ever single, isn't it? And I think Benny and Bjorn made an album themselves, and then they got their wives to be doing backing singing, and they thought, oh, hang on, we need to get them into the act as well. And so this was like Dabba's first proper single. Uh, do you know Bugsy Malone, the musical? Um, I've seen the film a long time ago. It sounds uh, like not the musical. this sounds like it could be from a shit version for Bugsy Malone. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, you can tell why people were off ABBA for being uncool in the 70s because a lot of people if this was the first thing they ever heard by ABBA it yeah. must be hard to shake off <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like if it didn't start Indeed. well you can see why people really hated ABBA for the early first two or three years it's a struggle and I think maybe them touring the world and coming to the UK made them embrace new ways of making music and they became better songwriters as it went along because the first two or three years and we're going to hear some others uh very very bad music yeah i mean i think it's not just the music that's that's bad it's it's the lyrics and again it just it feels it feels so inauthentic i couldn't believe it because that's actually not um it's not a word that i would associate with other but i just i felt it over and over again like making this playlist and listening to those songs where i was just like it feels like an exercise in songwriting an exercise in like okay now we need to write a love song oh okay now we need to you know do a little folk vibe thing um and yeah this was another paolo pick and yeah in a way thanks dad but (laughs) never want to hear it again do you think that because the first two albums they were writing in swedish that they had a more simplified version of english because they had to convert it and when they knew they had dumped swedish they fought harder to make their lyrics better in english maybe i mean that that definitely could be the case um i think writing writing a song in your second language must it's it's, it's a challenge right and i think i mentioned before in another podcast where you know celine dion who 
you know, famous for singing lots of songs in English. She's like, yeah, I still prefer to sing in French because it just there's less of a of a barrier. And I do I do wonder about the pop stars, even if they're Swedish or you know Flemish or another nation that speaks very good English. I'm like, can you ever really kind of inhabit? But you know, there's there's no excuse for the for for the sexism in these lyrics. <laughs> the heterocentrism of these lyrics is just just appalling. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad they found other themes. Uh, let's say. Yeah, they went from from honey honey to uh, depressing divorce in five years. It's quite Indeed. a journey. Quite a journey. <laughs> And Honey Honey is is my next pick. <laughs> uh, and it's from their, their Waterloo album, which is their second album. Waterloo almost made it onto the list, but I think once again, actually, the intro and the br- the yeah, the the bridge, the verses is is what makes it for me. Like the chorus is a bit annoying, but the the way that Waterloo starts, which just like it's you're immediately like dun, 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 dun. I I, th- I think that's quite original, even if you know, absolutely overplayed and and slightly annoying chorus but honey honey my god it's such an annoying song um i think abba should be banned from using the word honey uh because it's in i think so long as well they they say that a lot so if you know if i ruled the world i would i would ban them from using it again there's a few kind of this this kind of call and response harmony thing going on in the bridge that i can appreciate but yeah mostly mostly frustrating do you reckon they wrote this because of the song Sugar Sugar. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. It's like, again, in the 70s, it's all about, you know, girls are sweet. Yeah. And, you know, they taste lovely and tuckety. Um <laughs> Don't you just want to lick them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of like like it when they do have the male vocals. It's quite rare mm. to hear the, the, the men in the ABBA songs. Mm-hmm. I quite like that. I think that's why I quite like um, where what does, it, does your mama know? Yeah, when it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like, yeah. Um, I think I said it's got some nice synth lines, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not as bad as the B side to this called the King Kong song. Yes, I I heard that it, that I listened to it, but it didn't it didn't make the cuts. I'm sad that King Kong wasn't mentioned in the in the, the film. I would like to see that happen, but <laughs> you know, there's been so many remakes. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. And yeah, the next pick is also from the Waterloo album, Dance Brackets While the Music Still Goes On. Uh, another Paolo pick. And yeah, another intriguing beginning that turns into boring 70s fare. Uh, hear the harmonies annoy me. And look, it's another motherfucking key change. So, you know, not from my side, not much more to say than that. Yeah, I, I put down, you know, it's uh, why the key change. Mm. And, and after you've had the chorus seven times... <laughs> Do you really need to have three more? Like, come on, like, you can't just fade out. You know the DJ on the radio station is not going to play the song mm. to the end. So, yeah, just make it two minutes long. If you, if you run out of ideas, just end the song. But, uh, yeah. And it drags on, it drags it, on. It so drags badly. on, and I think that's why I'm slightly... So I listened to the two new ABBA songs after I finished preparing for this playlist, and um, I Still Have Faith in You has a key change and it's five minutes, 10 long. And I was like, why? Why have they gone back to this? Like, I was really hoping it would be a bit more forward-facing. Although I do understand, like, you know, again, we're in a pandemic. People want to feel nostalgic. It kind of doesn't surprise me that with the new songs they've gone in, in the way that they have. But, but yeah. 
The next pick is from their fifth record, ABBA, the album, also known as the album. Um, it's called I Wonder. And yeah, I, I had to kind of look this up on Wikipedia. So it includes three songs from their mini musical, The Girl with the Golden Hair, which they performed in 77. And Wikipedia says that I Wonder, which is one of the three songs, received a less than tumultuous reception <laughs> during the first performances. One of the other, so the other two songs were Thank You for the Music and I'm a Marionette, which we both mentioned, um, you know, as positive and negative. This one is so, bo- I put boring, 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 twinkle, twinkle, drone, drone, drone. I, you know, I usually listen to songs twice. I found it so hard to, to listen to this song all the way through twice. And I wrote that it was a faulty Disney song. Like, again, just trying, failing. Yeah, when I first listened to it, I thought, oh, this sounds like musical theatre. And then I read <laughs> this interview. Like, oh, it actually is musical theatre. Um, yeah, I, th- I think maybe if it had like a like a big musical theatre voice that made it better, I don't know if her voice suited it or was big enough for the song. Mm. Um, I did read that it was also in the deleted scenes of the last Mamma Mia film as well. Oh, really? Okay. They went, yeah, they went from I Have a Dream and then later on they had I Wonder. I think it's like a link to it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've not seen it and I will probably not be watching the deleted scene. Either. You're, you're not? I'm, I'm shocked. You know, you're clearly not that much of a film buff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think it's one of those songs where like, I'm sure that, you know, with good visuals, with the nice staging, it could sound a bit more epic. Um, but mm. yeah, it's just, it's it's really not my cup of tea. But speaking of songs you couldn't finish, bring on uh, my friend, uh, me and Bobby and his brother. Do you want to know uh, what the only note was that I made for this song? I want them all to drown. What? Her, Bobby and Bobby's <laughs> brother. Oh my God. My God, yeah. Did you know this song? Was this your no, dad? No, this, this, you, was, this was a new discovery for me. <laughs> this was a new discovery. Um, I And I picked it because I was like, well, this sounds like some country Americana shite and it kind of is country americana or you know maybe like you say folk pop shite just i it's it's awful guys if you don't know it check it out come back to us but it's just it's just bad yeah i i put down this is the loveliest story of a shrewdest gangbang <laughs> um though the names are changed to protect the innocent sadly in my reality it was wayne and jill's sister being fingered under a dying oak tree <laughs> Um, I never want to hear a song again. It's like being given cheap chocolate and then being forced to drown in the molten in the melted version. We both put drown. We both put drown. That's how it made us feel. (laughs) It's the worst song I've ever heard by ABBA, which will now mean people will want to hear it. But don't. Your curiosity will kill you. Please ignore this song. And you know, I finished on. I've put a less hateful note. Banger boomerang, which is from you know. ABBA 1975 that's this is a powder pick you know it's there are worse as discussed but the chorus and the lyrics are just and I mean shall, shall I read out the the chorus in a in a non-singing voice <laughs> <coughs> although they, they don't even bother writing words well isn't one of the chorus like um, um, so, um, or so something? I've, I've got it written out I, I hope you're ready for my performance like a bang a boomer boomerang dum be dum dum be dum be dum dum Oh bang, a boomer boomerang, love is a tune, you humdy hum hum. By giving away, I think you'll learn, you'll get love in return. So bang, a boomer boomerang is love, a boomer boomerang is love. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. 
it just it is very sing songy. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, in Greece, though, we go together like trap. That's fun. They do it in a fun way. It's dynamic. Here, just yeah, hateful. <laughs> After I said it, it's less hateful. Not hateful, but just pu- pushing my buttons, basically. It's unfair though because the actual melody is actually not too bad, and it could be like you know a song by The Sweets or something, but the chorus is unforgivable. I remember like um, I had a CD called like Seventies Hits, mm. and it was like two pound ninety nine. I, I should have known better. And what it was was like some really cheap covers of Seventies Hits, mm. but like by like a cheap keyboard and a guy just singing. Um, and this was on there under ABBA, and I thought it was a lie. I I didn't realize I didn't realize it was an actual ABBA song. I thought it was like a sound alike. I couldn't believe that ABBA would actually have recorded this, and I've forgotten about this until uh, yesterday when I listened to it. So thank you. Okay, well there we go. Like I I can I can take it on the melody. Like you know, um, I would agree that there are some again with like a different structure with 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 the different parts with the different different fucking lyrics it could be much better um and i'm glad to not finish on me and bobby and bobby's brother but just again just really when you take a step back and you think of like i think so my favorite abba songs are lay all your love on me gimme 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 and voulez-vous and like just what's going on there and all, all the things and how yeah uplifting it is and the way that they use, you know, different instruments. You know, there's there's often very good bass on. I mean, lay lay all your love, lay all your love on me. So my my, my dad has a piano, and when I was over in Luxembourg, I was trying to learn the end bit, the the kind of keyboard set at the end. The da 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 da. It is so hard. It is so hard. Like I I, I like I I practiced for maybe a couple of hours, and I couldn't get it. Like my piano playing is not perfect, but you know, I'm playing with one hand. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't take me that long. Um, so I can really appreciate some of their songwriting and, and some of the ways in which they're innovative. But I do think that there are people who do like these kind of saccharine ABBA songs. And I felt so disappointed when the new songs were exactly like that. So it, it just kind of vindicated me, I felt. Because I was like, oh God, if, if they've now like produced really good songs, this is going to seem very mean-spirited. Actually, no. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. No regrets. ABBA are overrated. <laughs> It's interesting that the three songs you chose were the three songs on the Erasure EP. Oh, really? Yeah, and the first time I had ever heard um, Lay or You Love On Me was the Erasure version. Right, do you know that Ash have done a version as well? That's pretty good. I think, really? It's it's a pretty good one. My family have uh, Pop 20, uh, the Erasure kind Mm. of sort of greatest hits and take your take a chance on me is on there which which i always enjoyed i think it has has a nice twist i didn't realize that they they'd done all this i i, I actually didn't know that erasure had an abri and i was thinking like oh i should i should maybe check that out after this episode i would never go out of my way to purchase an abba mm-hmm. album i like the fast songs i like mamma mia i like you know what does your mama know sos uh, when it takes and a bit of dance, Voulez-vous and a bit of dancing queen. Maybe ten songs, but are they the best pop band of all time? Not really. No, exactly. I, I think that's it. There, there would be other candidates who, of course, now I can't think of. Um, the, <laughs> but I think just the outsize of their influence, the fact that so many of their big songs are from the seventies and the eighties, and they still permeate. It is a bit surprising to me. Um, mm. I guess 
you know, they, they do have different genres of music. Like, And actually, one of the songs that my dad gave me is like, oh, yeah, they went disco on this album and I didn't like it. And I was like, actually, no, that sounds much better <laughs> than what they were doing. And I guess, you know, they, they did sort of innovate with the times, which was impressive. Um, and maybe it is the thing of like, you know, the fast, a bit like Fleetwood Mac, like the fascination with the personal life and that kind of bleeding into the, the myth and the fact that, you know, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember which of the, the ladies like, yeah, kind of went went and was a recluse in the woods sort of thing. And yeah, if, I think Agneta, yeah, then uh, yeah, it, it feeds into it. But I, I really think, well, you know, the only the only band that came to my head, that I'm sure you, you'd agree. I'm like, yeah, you know, Duran Duran or someone like that. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's there's there are other candidates who, who would be better. Well, I, well I'm happy you, you say that Duran Duran one of the best pop bands that's a nice thing to say um <laughs> but yeah i mean you know i prefer the pet Shop boys they've got better pop songs um but have they influenced people has there ever been a band who had that dynamic i don't actually know maybe ace of bass a, a little bit Ace of bass could have um, been another one for for overrated although i think i well it's a bit difficult so i i really love happy nation the album it's a it's a family classic we listen to it on tape in the car we went on holiday to it to suffolk i remember very very nice memories from the 90s um but uh they have they have some annoying songs as well like happy nations has a bit more of an edge uh than the other ones um and i guess yeah abba were a, a band writing their own songs as well right with with benny and bjorn unlike many others mm-hmm. so so yeah there definitely you know was less manufacturing going on um but uh but yeah i can i can admire the breadth of genres the flexibility some of the some of their songwriting but yeah i i think we both agree that and that was part one thank you for listening this far abba overrated dun 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 well i mean i guess you knew that was going to be the case probably if you've heard this podcast a few times so we're now moving on to another part of sweden with kent enjoy the underrated choice underrated so who have you chosen well i have chosen kent and kent are a band that i've been banging on about for the past 20 years but let's pretend that it's the year 2000 and i was a big fan of suede and before social media was massive you had to go onto forums to discuss to other people about music and then i found out that suede are massive in sweden and then I, when i t- started talking to swedish people about music they said hey do you know kent and i was like no and then a mixtape found its way from Gothenburg to me. Very nice, because it's the 90s, was I imagine, a, yes. Yeah, yeah as a, I then got given a mixtape of Swedish music I might like, all in English. Mm-hmm. And then one song was 747 by Kent. And I was like, oh, wow, I am liking this. And then I, I tried to buy it, and obviously you cannot buy it in England because they release it in England, but obviously that CD lasted a week before being put into the, into the bargain mm-hmm. bin. So I had to then, you know, order them off, off the internet, and then I came across two English-speaking albums, Isola or Isola. Isola, Isola yeah. Who knows how it's Island, right? Isola. 
and uh, Hagness to Hill. And they have two albums that Kent did yeah. in English because they did two albums before, from, I think, 94 and 96 in Swedish. And then they thought, hey, we want to broaden our horizons and take over the world and release music in English because, you know. And then they, they toured the UK and I think they did some some, some festivals and nothing right. happened. And I think my friend saw them playing the Scala to 100 people and they said they look, they look miserable. Oh, If you see any interviews on MTV... Uh, they just seem really depressed, and they don't seem comfortable. <laughs> they don't seem comfortable at all speaking in English, mm. either. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think they was they, they must have like thought, okay, we're playing arenas in Sweden. We've got to this stage. Do we really want to go back during the toilet market again? And they gave up. And then from two thousand to one onwards, they've just sung in Swedish, mm-hmm. which maybe would have closed the book for a lot of people. But for me, luckily, I think with a Swedish accent it's very hard to tell it's a foreign language and so many times I would have them on in the car or around the house and the person with me had no idea they were singing in a foreign language really yeah interesting okay and I even and when I in my preparation for me making this playlist I um I was at a friend's house and I put on a song and after two minutes I said oh have you noticed anything and then what they're singing in Swedish and they're are they and yeah, so it's still the same. It's like, I think a lot of bands from that era, I think the I guess the accent must be similar. There's no harsh sounds like in maybe Russian or you know Turkish, so I think they can get away with. Uh, yeah, Swedish is Paolo's favorite language. Going going back to my dad because he's just like, oh, it's just so lyrical and beautiful, and it it, it, is, it is a nice language. Um, but uh, but yeah, to not notice that it's not English, I'm surprised. Yeah, and uh, and so for me. It was it was fine. I, I was frustrated when I found out they weren't going to be releasing Sundance Kid in English, but it didn't it didn't bother me. And their best album is uh, You and Me Death from two thousand and five, and it's I've got no idea what they're saying half the time. Mm-hmm. I bloody love it. Uh, but then you think you know I love Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's what he's saying. It's just great music. And Kent, as uh, Babs might hate this part of him, are a very melodic band and instrumentation is very melodic as, as beautiful guitar lines and as beautiful piano melodies mm-hmm. um so you you can get away with not knowing the lyrics because you've got so much else to, for me but sadly after 2005's album they went down into a different direction mm-hmm. and they tried to become depression mode i thought you'd and like that you think i would like that wouldn't you yeah but it turns out when they are playing keyboards they can write terrible songs. Mm-hmm. And so for, for the next three albums, I made be like two or three songs across three albums and I lost faith. And apart from a couple of decent singles, I never got back to the love I had for them back in 2005. I love them so much that I flew to Malmo to see them play live Excellent. because I knew they would never, they'd never play in the UK. And I thought, this album is so amazing. I have to see this album live. And so I saw them, um, they did a similar thing to what Radiohead did when they made their own tent to tour in. <laughs> nice. So, they, so I think Radiohead did the same thing in 2005. So I they didn't, didn't have to, yeah, yeah, so they didn't have to rely on anyone. They made their own tent where you could fit like 10,000 people in. Mm-hmm. So they could control the entire um, show mm-hmm. themselves. Wow. And then, yeah, they, they, I think they toured Scandinavia in these tents. And I, I got to see them live and, you know, there was me singing along to my made-up Swedish. <laughs> I mean, if Sigurd Ross can sing part of the time in a made-up language, why can't you? Exactly. And, yeah, and 
every time you know I had a new girlfriend or met a music fan, I'd always try and you know sneak some Kent into the lines, but no one's ever liked them, unfortunately. No. Um, so I'm alone. I'm alone in my little Kent paradise, and I, I've enjoyed this process because although. I wanted to do this episode. I probably not listened, not listened to Kent for five years, and mm-hmm. what is interesting, some of the songs I used to love, I don't really like that much anymore. It turns out mm-hmm. my tastes have changed over the years. Maybe your, your relationship has changed. Um, so I did know Kent. Um, I think I know them because I had a uh, Flemish friend at school called Lise Lotte who was a, a Swedophile like you. So I think she introduced them to me. And I am a big fan of Isola, as I think it's pronounced. So yes, Fran and I were just saying off the record that we don't know not we do not know how to pronounce this. I'm sorry for lot, as we found out that's sorry in Swedish. Probably pronouncing that wrong as well uh, for our pronunciation. So yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna try our best slash go for the English translations. But Isola, you know, I think you can only mess up so much. I hope. Um, and yeah, I think I think I own Isola in Swedish. Uh, I think from from listening to Amdu Baha and uh, and really enjoying it. Um, so I was really surprised that there was only one song from Isola on this, and it was my fourth favorite song from from Isola on this. And I was like, okay, interesting. Um, and I I think I I do really like Isola, but I I guess I didn't I didn't like Kent enough to be like, now I will go off and explore all the things. So I was really looking forward to this episode because it's like, oh yeah, it's definitely one of those bands where I know that they have more than this album, but it seems that this album was their biggest, so let's go and see what they sound like. And yeah, I, I knew nothing about them, really. It was one of those bands I hadn't really bothered to to do some research. They have 600,000 monthly listens, and their top song has over 64 million plays. So... What is their top song? Uh, Utandina Andertag, which I was like, what? And I looked it up. Why, why is this so big? And it says... Um, so I think it's a song from possibly the 90s but then they found success with it in 2010 to the point where uh lisa nielsen interpreted the song during the gala performance at stockholm's concert hall the day before the wedding between crown princess victoria and daniel wesling so there we go i don't know who those people that's weird um so so yeah and yeah so it was it it was a b-side it was a b-side which is their biggest song like by some margin um and yeah, you know, you, you touched upon Swedish to English. So I was wondering if, because I only knew Isola, I thought, is the fact that it sounds like it could be an English indie rock band. That's why people are paying attention. It's like, you know, we, we've heard, you know, Sweden and other people like this before. Um, and I, even though I speak, as you can hear, zero Swedish, I actually prefer to listen to it in Swedish. Well, I, I think it's that thing of that's how I heard it first. But actually, it doesn't surprise me that you say that they're not comfortable singing in English because I, I I don't know if it's just if you know that it's someone's second language, you feel like, oh, they're making it. I feel the same about Christine and the Queens. Like there are some songs where Christine and the Queens is singing in English. Um, but with um, Tilted, for example, I much prefer the French version. It sounds so much better than, than the English version. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that's why. I really like the singer's voice as well. It's very gravelly and interesting. And that's not so typical for kind of indie rock music of that era. Jokenberg? Jokenberg. You tell me. Jokenberg. I think you're right. I think the difference between Kent and a lot of other Swedish bands is that the Cardigans, the Wannadives, they wrote the original song in English. Yeah. There isn't a Swedish version. Yeah. These guys were having to 
basically play a concert and they must have to read this lyric and having to keep thinking, nope, mm-hmm. translate it to English. And it must have, have been hard mm-hmm. to not, not, to not, because people say to me that they have very emotive, it's sincere lyrics and yes. to not be able to, to, to express how you want in another language must have been quite frustrating for him. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess you know, people put him up like the the fans in Sweden, they, they put him up there with like Morrissey as like you know one of the best like lyricists, you know. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to the young generation, and he he's always speaking about you know depression and uh, and very much Swedish things you, you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, there's and a lot of ice the, I saw in the lyrics. There yeah, is a lot of yeah, ice. It's always it's always a dark icy city <laughs> in the lonely. Um, and all the Swedish fans would always tell me, please listen to it in Swedish, please listen to it in Swedish, mm-hmm. and I have, but it's hard for me because the I want to know what he's singing and I want to be able to sing along so it's hard for me to not listen to it in English mm-hmm. but you know the ones that there isn't an alternative I'm happy to listen to that so yeah so it's hard for me to choose what to put on for you I, I kind of did you know a scattergun approach of their 20 year career so that's why I only put maybe one song from each album just to give you a, a, an overall sound mm-hmm. um, um, oh yeah on Isola I loved the song Bianca a lot mm-hmm. um and obviously I like uh, the things she said but I thought you might find that a bit boring it's a bit oasis isn't it that song sorry hang on Bianca no Bianca is a bit placebo and the single the, the things she said it's a bit Brit poppy it's a bit strummy guitar it is yeah okay so I thought you might I thought you might think it is a because a lot of people compare the 90s Kent to Radiohead because yeah of I think he's got like a higher vo- a higher singing register, a bit like Tom York, and he sang, you know, quite deep uh, lyrics. And also Sammy's guitar mm-hmm. is very similar to Johnny Greenwood. There's a lot of like arpeggios. So like um, Let Down by mm-hmm. Radiohead is an influence, I think, to a lot of songs by Kent, like Roller Coaster, has a very similar sound, like that, that sort of arpeggio guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I can hear that a lot. So you can hear... That's the problem. My, my problem with Kent is I love Kent, but... I wouldn't say they have any original ideas. Whoa! I've, I I I can hear the Cure, the Pesh Mode, Radiohead. Wow. Every time I hear this a is song, your underrated pick. Wow! I know, but yeah, but I love them. Um, but I don't think they've created their own sound. Their sound is their influences, and their influences I love. So I'm gonna like it because I love what they're using uh, but i don't think they've ever really created their own sound and that could be an issue maybe in the in the uk is like that well we've got radiohead we've got the push mode what else are you offering mm. and maybe that's what let them down i, I don't know and, and maybe because in in sweden they're singing in their language mm-hmm. they stood they stood out because they were a band singing in swedish which is quite rare i think for people yeah, I mean, it, it is surprising that they've chosen to sing in Swedish, as, as discussed, because yes, yeah, so many, so many people from that country do do sing in English. Um, it, that yeah, in a way, maybe I shouldn't be so surprised that you're saying that. And I, I do enjoy Isola, but I, I would say it does fit nicely within a certain kind of indie rock sound from that era. Um, I, having listened to your much broader playlist, it was very difficult to put my finger on them. It wasn't at all what I expected. You'd warned me that it was going to be melodic. And uh, guys, there are so many long songs on this playlist. Fran was like, oh, you know, you know, I'm sorry that I put long songs. And I was like, it's fine. I'm like, oh my God, there are a lot. And the fact that, you know, I wanted to look at the lyrics of every single one, just just to get an idea and just to see if it would kind of change my opinion. It, I think it's the longest it's taken me to prepare for for, for something. So thank you, Fran. Um, but... Um, 
yeah, it, it, yeah, it just, it just wasn't like what I expected it to be. And as kind of hinted in the ABBA section, like I liked bits, bits of songs, some, bits of some songs sometimes rather than the whole. But like, we can get into it. I guess it's harder because um, a lot of these I have heard a lot more than you. Like mm-hmm. I assume you've maybe heard your songs twice, mm-hmm. and it must be hard to you know consume a. An eight minute, an eight minute song mm. <laughs> after two after two listens maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's it's yeah, it's not my it's not my fault. Unfortunately, when these guys get onto a good thing, they like to milk it, and I would love them to have edited edited versions of these songs. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the radio so the radio versions uh, of these songs. Um, but, but I mean, yeah. I, I normally I normally don't mind a long song, and I guess yeah, if if it wasn't for the preparation for the podcast you know and you, you had a bit more time to kind of be expansive about it uh i'd appreciated it i would have appreciated some of them a bit more but yeah in in kind of listening to it and trying to form an opinion was a bit difficult sometimes to to do so immediately but for yeah for some it was easier than others definitely so if we start off the uh the playlist i started off with a song which they always end with um which is the translation the man in the white hat um, from the album You and Me Death in 2005. This is, mm-hmm. I think, their best album. It starts off with... Uh, they do this quite a lot. They all start off with like a, an acoustic guitar or a little bit of piano. And then they take them time to build up and they will layer with different um, instruments like a bit of electric guitar and a bit of piano. And then he will start singing. And it's... Yeah, it, it is... Coldplay, there's one bit of it when the piano comes in, it sounds just like Clocks by Coldplay. Mm. Um, there's the right head influences on the on the on the verses, and then it has the massive, you know, U2 uh, choruses, and it grows and grows and grows, and then it ends with the line, I think it's "We're all gonna die someday," mm-hmm. which is quite a beautiful thing for to be in a concert of 10,000 people waving their hands in the air saying we're all going to die one day whilst black whilst black confetti falls Sounding down so they must, Swedish <laughs> they must enjoy watching that situation so yeah it, it's uh, I think it, it what, goes on for maybe seven minutes is it seven and a half minutes uh, it's a long six, six and a half six and a half so, six, six not, half so half, I'm checking the third long no fourth longest <laughs> Sorry. When, when, when they do it live they add another verse to it just to I'm give sure it a bit, they bit more do. I'm sure. They um, do. But yeah, so and I think Sammy, the, the lead guitar player, I think is a brilliant um, musician. He doesn't actually write the music; it's all written by the bass player and uh, Joachim. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he he is a Johnny Marr. He's a John Squires. I think he's a, a brilliant um, guitar player. Which is why I get sad when they went electro- electronic. It's mm. like, well, why why are you cock blocking this guy? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like when Johnny Marr joined electronic. So, oh, um, can you play some guitar sometimes, please, Johnny Marr? I do like you playing guitar. Yeah, and uh, I think Kent do some good bass sometimes as well. Like, mm. not complicated, but quite a good sort of steady melody. You know, analysing all the bits of the song, I, I've i summarised it as like, it, so it started very, a bit too quietly for me. Then, as it developed, I preferred the kind of louder bit, but I found it overall a bit too stadium rocky for my tastes like you you've put Coldplay I didn't put Coldplay for this one I put Coldplay for a, for another one um mm-hmm. but when the singer is uh Joaquim he's he's singing more urgently that I enjoyed like he, there's there's a bit where he's kind of singing and it's in it's in one line and I was like oh like I'm 
I'm on board again. But yes, it was um, a bit all over the place for me and not not in the style that I like all over the place, uh, basically. Um, but I, this was a great start for, for looking at the lyrics. What the hell is this song about? Did you look this up? I, I did read the English version and um, people say that so... In Sweden, when they graduate, they wear white. Yeah. And so this is 16 years after he graduated and he's looking back at his ah, life. Okay. So he, so he's, he's imagining he, if he had a child and he's imagining if he met up with an ex-girlfriend and, you know, all the tears they shared, you know, what's that mean anymore? Mm-hmm. And then he's thinking, and then apparently the, in Sweden, this is like, um, you know, I... I don't want to live and I don't want to die, mm-hmm. but everybody dies. That's that's how, that's how it, it works. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they are the most expensive jewellery you have. Never apologise again. We finally crossed their borders. Do you remember our bloodshed, our team, our stupid crusade towards an equally stupid city? I was like, what, what, what the hell? Who's the man? Like, I don't know, Man in the White Hat to me sounds a bit like horror film-esque. Uh, that, makes, that makes a lot more sense. And yeah it is darling we are all going to die someday yes we will all die one day we are all going to die once <laughs> which i think is quite a funny way to end um but yeah so i would say mid mid tier for me this one uh, i didn't i didn't hate it but it did, i didn't quite click with it when um you sit live you know the bit you may like when it goes then that's what gets faster yeah, they bring it all the way down, but then build it up, and the drums come in, and then he does that a bit, and it explodes of like you know glitter and everything, and everyone like creams their pants. Mm-hmm. So to me, it that was one of the best concerts, concerts memories of my entire life, and that Aww. was the last song. So so there's a connection between me and Sweden. And that was the last time I went to Sweden too. So mm-hmm. I think I'm holding on to that memory, and maybe it's too sentimental to me. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I love it so. Because um, I've played that to many people. I've put that on many best of compilations, and no one's ever mentioned it. So I'm pretty sure really? that it's just me. Yeah. I, I just I don't think I don't think it's a song that people can get on first listen. I really don't. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a yeah it's it's, a it's like giving someone yeah it's it's a bloody symphony. It's like you can't mm-hmm. start for Air France. You need to give them a little, uh, an entry pop. You need to give them an really. Andre Vaha. That's that's what means, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on to um, the rockier side of mm-hmm. Kent mm-hmm. and the song that, that did appear on Guitar Hero mm-hmm. for any of you Guitar Hero fans out there, uh, which is a Winter Knoll, which I think is uh, Winter Night Two, maybe. Oh, Winter Zero, uh, I thought. Winter Zero, yeah. sorry. From uh, the Sundance Kid, which was their first um, album after they left uh, recording in English. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually their biggest album. Looking at Spotify, lots of songs from this album are in the top 10 songs on Spotify. And um, this didn't make the album, weirdly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I thought it was a B-side. No, I've got it. It was a single limited edition. It doesn't seem to be on, on a main album, no? Yeah, it became a double A side with FF from the album. Mm-hmm. And then I think they did the whole deluxe version and it's sort of, you know, like Block Party two more years, it then became on the deluxe version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's got a, dec- a, a very brilliant Sammy guitar riff. I assume he wrote, he wrote the riff. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's singing about the bleak, cold winters. Of course he is, yeah. As per usual. As per usual. And then, and then there's a great intro and it brings in another extra guitar guitar lines mm-hmm. and has like a placebo sort of like sliding guitar sound. Sorry, like, and I love the way it... They ha- they're very good at doing endings. They will start Absolutely. slow and end wham, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if that's what he's like in bed, but he always likes to he always likes to end it. <laughs> he ends boom, it and boom, he delivers. It um, does. He delivers. So, big. I don't know if you remember the song "Chase the Sun" by Planet Funk. Oh yes, 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 yes. The beginning is exactly that. And did you check what year? What year it I was? did, and that song came out the year before. <laughs> Oh, so I, I was like, what? Uh, and it really made, it kind of made me laugh because Chase the Sun, obviously, Sonny vibes. This is Winter Zero, very different vibes. <laughs> but you, you know when you're like, this sounds exactly like that song. And I literally, I was like, what is that song called? Who is it by? And I just, I was just going everywhere like, duh, duh, duh. and then I remembered Chase the Sun. And I was like, right, you know, Chase the Song 90s. And then I think it was, yeah, 2001 or whatever it was. So I, unwittingly or not, I think they ripped that off. So that, that was not expecting that kind of memory uh, it tainted it for you well no i i thought that this was much more up my street um the chorus was a bit too melodic but yeah the i call it the urgent cold indie ending i i i really enjoyed and then yeah when you go and look at the lyrics which is yeah i'm like is it about finding solace in someone's arms because yeah again like they say the town has become quiet and ugly and deserted darling that it will be a long cold winter i have learned that the loss is worst when someone has slept as a child you are my hero because you dare to be straight you're my hero because you're just as weak as i am all right okay heavy shit um uh so yeah i didn't save this one but i actually i might listen to it again to to see to see if i would um yeah i th- this one and the next one were more what i expected the playlist to be yeah this was a alternative indie sound, really. Um, it, what was what was strange is like the album previous, the late nineties albums, mm-hmm. they had that sound more, and then on on the album, the Sundance Kid, it was really lacking, like a rock song. Mm-hmm. And I got a feeling they may have thought, oh, we need we need to uh, tour this. We need to have you know maybe to write a, a rock song because uh, yeah, it, it, it that album definitely needed a Vintinol two. I don't know what it's called. Is it called Vintinol two or Vintinol? Uh, Vintanol 2, I think, no? Yeah. yeah. They like to add numbers. Mm. And moving on, we have Revolt 3. 3. No idea why. In, in Roman um, numerals as well. <laughs> and that's from uh, Hagnes de Hill, which is their last English album. Is that a place? Um, it is a place uh, where they grew up. They used to have a studio there. Right. Their, their town is a place beginning of E, which I cannot pronounce. I can't remember how you pronounce it. Eskilstuna? Eskilstuna? Yeah. We tried. Yeah, they're from a, they're from a small... A small town, mm-hmm. and apparently a lot of the songs are about him living in a small, derelict town. And then, they, when they when they got successful, they moved to Sweden. Not Sweden, they moved to Stockholm, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but Revolt Three, um, again, acoustic guitar opening. They they do love that. Mm-hmm. And then, I think it's a bit like it's sort of it's a very much a late nineties guitar sound. It's mm-hmm. a bit Muse. It's a bit placebo mm-hmm. um it's a song about self self-loathing i think and lost love well yeah like, i put like, it is it i put a bit bdsm-y slash suffering from depression <laughs> this is before i knew yeah, that that was like peel my skin so i can feel something yeah like, you know, i need yeah. my cheating nerves to feel uh yeah that was uh that was the lyrics um and again I, I, yeah I, similar to vinton old too i love how it builds and has more guitar guitar lines and crunches at the end and sort of like then builds up and then it's got like Yo Kim screams, I don't care in a very emo mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I I like the big guitar sound. It sounds sounds like a revolt. I was like, yep. Matching 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 the revolts. And yeah, I thought this was closer to the easeler sound that I'm used to. Um so this was yeah, definitely one of uh, my more favourite ones. But I did I go and listen to it in Swedish? I think I did. I think I listened to it in English and 
and then went off to listen to it in Swedish, even though you'd put the English version on uh, uh, on the hit. Same for the next one, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it, and I do agree with you that maybe in the way that it builds is a bit actually how they're more original. Like, maybe they were their influences on the sea, but the way they do put the songs together is is original, and it goes in directions that you aren't expecting. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the... the... I think with a lot of, of uh, Swedish bands, they're very good at producing music. They're very good at playing um, their instruments. They, um, th- there's, there's no roughness to Kent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very much planned. It's very precise. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into like you know loose grunge, they're not going to be your band. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> indeed. You, 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 yeah, you can imagine they do redubs, redubs, re- no, everything is beautifully crafted. And I do like I do like the shiny the shiny floor pop song. I like Simple Minds. I do like mm-hmm. that sound. Um, it's not a very cool sound to like. You know, people always prefer the the punky sawdust sort of uh, sounds. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I do like the the shiny glossy uh, indie rock music. Unfortunately, yeah, um, to each their own. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so the next we have you know uh, what we mentioned earlier with uh, Isilo with. Uh, Probably their most well-known song outside of Sweden, um, Seven Four Seven, mm-hmm. named named after the plane, and unfortunately also the length of the track. See, you say unfortunately, I quite enjoyed that. This was a big closer until they wrote the man in the white hat. This was always how they ended uh, their concerts, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's that you always end of a big long song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it, it's weird to be a single because there's no chorus. Mm-hmm. The chorus is just a guitar riff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did, in English, a three-and-a-half-minute edit where they put in a chorus, mm-hmm. and it does not work at all. <laughs> it's an awful version. Right. Okay. So don't check... Yeah, I, it, I won't check sing, Yeah, 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 and they, it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. But um, I love the little um, keyboard riff, and again, I think this, to me, sounds like OK Computer influences, which is why when they came over to the, U- to the UK, people did describe him as a lazy term the Swedish radiohead and they I think they hated that and it's not another reason why they didn't come back mm. um yeah I so this was the only song that I knew on the playlist I found it interesting that in the Swedish version it's just called 747 whereas in the English version it's called 747 brackets we ran out of time and I was thinking like yeah is it because you know that so the album cover of Isola I'm guessing is a 747 there's there's a plane on it so I'm like did they just set themselves a challenge of like Right, we're going to write a song and it's it's going to be 747 and that's the end of it and that, and that's why. Uh, whatever the reason, yeah, I, I think this is a great album closer. Like, I love a long, a long song album um, closer. Uh, I like, yeah, the synth sounds, the synth strings, how it builds, the drums coming in, um, the, the guitar solo and the higher vocals coming in at the third minute fit really well. But this is where I start to pull you up on your, on your playlist, Fran, because, like... I think Isola has so many bangers. Uh, Om Duvaha, Sakamanse, and Liv, Liv, Livaradun, however you pronounce it. None of those are on can, there. Can, uh, can you say it in English, in English please? I don't, I don't oh, know the oh names. hang on, okay. So, let me... <laughs> Where, if you were there, I believe. If, if you, you were there, were there yeah. If, yeah. Okay, okay yeah, hang yeah, on, yeah. Isola, English version. Here we go. So, Lifesavers, If You Were Here, and uh, yes. Things She Said. Yes, The, so the, the, the first rings. Uh, oh, is that what it... You see, I, I, like, I said to you that... It's so in Swedish it goes like when Sakerman said, and I sing that to myself all the time. I 
Oh, really? Had absolutely no idea. Yeah, I, I really. Other things that she's. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sakerman, I think, because he even rolls the R. Maybe I'm I'm rolling the R for for fun. And oh, can you? Yeah. Can you? I've only heard the English version, so the lyric I like in that he says, "Behind my wristwatch, the winter hides." Is that the same as your translation? I don't know if he. I what well, is is it is in things that she says. Ooh. Yeah, because I I've heard also it's not on the list, Fran. <laughs> so seven four seven in Swedish has different entire lyrics to the English version. Oh, it's not even a like for like swap. So I think in the in the Swedish version he sings about a plane crashing, mm-hmm. and that isn't really at all what he sings about in the English version. So he's actually changed the meaning of the song, wow. which I find really really interesting. And he does it a few times. So there are songs on Hag Nesta Hill, and apart from the melody. It's different lyrics, completely. That's that's super interesting. I guess because, in a way, it's better to... Um, yeah, it's better to make lyrics that you would want to fit the melody rather than just do a straight translate. And yet, just to say, like any lyrics that I'm reading out, I've put through Google Translate. Like, this isn't official or sanctified or anything. But no, I, I've honestly... Beca- be- kind of similar to you, I'm like, I don't know what they're saying, but it sounds nice. And it, well, I don't know. I, I guess... I do listen to music in other languages, but it doesn't make up most of my listening. Like I would say that most of the time I'm listening to songs and languages that I understand. And I think they probably are the only Swedish band that I'd listen to in Swedish. Although like I did go on a bit of a um, uh, hunt for Swedish acts and there's a guy called Bob Hund who sings in Swedish. Yes, and I yes, saved yes. Uh, one or two of his songs. Um, but apart from that, that's it. So, and the thing is, it's still understandable. So, like, Omduvaha and Sakermanser, like, yeah, I'm like, don't know what it means, but I can, I can hear it well enough to to listen to it. Like, he enunciates well enough to listen to it. Um, which, yeah, when you're listening to uh, a song in the language that you don't don't speak very well or at all, uh, because the list hadn't it hadn't been what I thought it would be so far. I thought it would be a bit more indie than it was, like just yeah, straightforward indie. And then when I saw that 747 was the only one and yeah, the, the, none of the first three songs from Isla on there, I was like, what, what's he doing here? Like, what, what's he trying to prove here? Uh, but, and I, I don't think you were trying to prove everything. Like, it's, it's just that that was one of their sounds, but it wasn't their whole sound. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Il va Okay, so uh, to the longer song, it must be the longer song. Um, this is uh, "End Time in a Minute." This is quite easy to translate um, from the album. Really, um, it sounds like a Pet Shop Boys album. Um, this is from 1996, I believe, mm-hmm. and this was when they sort of found themselves. So the first album, it sounds like a first album by like guys who've been playing in a garage. And it's not fully formed. It's got. It's a bit more loud, a bit more punky, but they aren't. They have. They haven't found their voice. And this was the album where they sort of. It started to sound like what they were sounding over the next two or three albums. Um, this was their eight and a half minutes track, um, and I just love the instrumentation and how it's produced. So it sounds to me a bit like the ride song the vapor trail mm-hmm. it's got a very similar sound to it I don't know that song. um I'll have to go and, and but it's broadened out but i just love how like when it does go into the music for like four minutes without any vocals i just love how every so often it would have a bar with 
added bass to it and then it would go away then it would have a bar with more piano but then it would go away like it's always constantly changing even though it's a long song and then it, it climbs at the end and then it dives back down again and yeah I've always just adored it it could easily be three minutes shorter and um, I noticed on my research today that um, they started to play it live again in 2014 and they condensed it down to four minutes and, and added, added keyboards and it sounded spectacular hmm. and I'm gutted because Kent never ever recorded a live album on DVD oh no what a shame because they did in the early years they did some radio shows and they hated to hear themselves live mm-hmm. and they wanted people to have the experience of them live and not after the fact so you cannot find any live records apart from people with a phone yeah. concert so that's what I saw but yes I don't know if maybe years later they will have like a they might release something because they must they must have recorded some stuff I can't believe they haven't so so um in time and minute what's your opinion um so my notes are that it started quiet but I didn't hate it However, um, the guitar sound overall I found a bit twee. I preferred the longer instrumental middle bit. I put, they're really good at this. And I think, unlike you, well, I, I think the different sections were put together interestingly, but it, it, it felt long. Like, it, it, I, there, there I felt the team and the minute. Um, so I think, yeah, meh. I'm afraid is is how I felt overall on this one. Um, once again, just like yeah, bits but not the whole. It was a wild card. I, I could have chosen um, every song on that second album. Mm. It was very different. Um, they they had a big hit with um, a song called Cram, mm-hmm. or in the UK, this is what it feels like, and it's a two and a half minute uh, indie pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have put it on there. I I just I, I don't know. I just thought, no, to, no. I want I, I want Babs to, to listen to to a song that's every minute. Sh- yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought I showcased their different versions of Kent. And so here you have all the different versions of Kent. In well, one. for me to <laughs> Yeah. Well, basically. So yeah. So I'm I, I'm. It was a wild card. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you're gonna like it, but mm-hmm. it's hard when you. I like so many songs. It's like it's, I keep having to ask myself what is the best, and I don't. Know. Sometimes I choose uh, the, the worst version um so moving on to the best album again you and me death with the first single from that album mm-hmm. this is called max 500 i don't know what it's called that um Just numbers and a man i don't know or it could be maximum uh again they they, they love a number in a in a in a, in a, in a uh, song title um it's got to me it sounds like john carpenter's halloween it's got that sort of creepy sort of vibe i uh, i've put uh, yeah that, that matches what i've written yeah it's got like quite gothic drums like and like it's got quite gothic piano chords mm-hmm. and again it's like it's sinister swedish in indie with a, an explosive chorus and again i really like the guitar lines by sammy mm-hmm. um so I, I thought i'd give you a more simpler indie single yeah so my notes are i like the jangly guitars contrasted with the dramatic piano the drum keeping pace it's quite atmospheric uh but once again the chorus lets the song down by being too melodic (laughs) damn you melody (laughs) but it was one of the better ones i i thought yeah i didn't i didn't yet i have i have not yet saved a song but i i do later and yeah like that that is the thing like reading reading through my notes again i'm like yeah like I actually thought like, oh God, my, I think my notes are going to be a bit negative um, because I didn't save that many songs. So I'm like, no, that I think probably in every single song that you picked, there's something that I, well, 
apart from one um there's something that i i could definitely latch onto and enjoy and yeah this was another one of like in pieces yes but what yeah when the you know as, as discussed when the chorus lets you down it's it's a bit difficult to to like the song as a whole i found um but i did enjoy looking at the lyrics and i've just put druggy <laughs> as a question <laughs> because well, I've, well, so, yeah what what did you find because i couldn't really well so i've got under broken clouds goes a yeti track 500 miles in the snow a ufo over the lake and in a flash i see keats stands next to baudelaire like a magic a light man drowns there are little tricks that get people go to that. Mary Shelley's dream. So's a zigzag stitch over everything that winter hides. So I'm like, are they on acid? Um, are they reading some Baudelaire or Keats or Shelley and uh, and uh, on crack? You know, trying to cope with once again everything that winter hides. Right, the long Swedish winter. Is it is it something to do with that? Um, yeah, I mean, and he says 500 miles in the snow, right? So maybe that is what the what the 500 refers to mm. like you know going at going at 500 or I, I don't know driving to the middle of nowhere I I, I don't know what do you think <laughs> it's always it's always a, a little treat when he name drops an English uh, word yep. isn't it yeah because I was here oh Moshe what's <laughs> you know and it doesn't it doesn't let one in in, in a song he mentions uh, about three or four English things in a yep. row it's like oh that's oh I, I never know, you know I don't know the, the whole picture so I'm always interested in what reference Mary Shelley has to that song but yeah. I guess I would, ne- I would never know the true meaning of what well, he has Mary talk- Shelley mentioned talking about a yeti and I guess Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein so yeah is it fantastical monsters yeah who knows mm-hmm. right in Kemp fans let's move on to the hospital mm-hmm. or Sikris mm-hmm. I think it's uh, from uh, Rod which I, think, I assume it's Red uh, it is I um, looked it up yep well done and this is their first electronic album mm. that I enjoyed I think I think it's 2009 so we are now moving into the Hansa Studios in Berlin where Bowie did his low albums the Pesh Mode did some albums mm-hmm. and we have moved into a very electronic sound it starts off with like a interesting mono speaker organs uh, playing and then it takes a long time for the guitars to come in mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy them a lot when they eventually come and then they go full pumping ending again mm. with like a kid's choir and you know everyone's singing about loneliness this is what we want to hear from Kent <laughs> this is what we want to hear from Kent uh yeah I really like this song and I and I saved it I like the the beginning's kind of intriguing and is there an effect on his voice like it sounds a little bit yeah it's definitely a bit modulated yeah, like, right? robotic yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah definitely yeah the pizzicato strings like I thought it was epic and filmic uh definitely and that a lot's going on since hand claps strings but it, it mostly works um and the lyrics are poetry really like honest whack them into google translate i i'd like to read a bit like i, I was was kind of tempted to read the whole thing but it's too long so I'll, I'll just read like the first 10 lines or so but um i thought i thought like wow like i would i would really like to sort of write this down and and read it properly so they took me to a place where nothing grew to a place where only the shadows and the dust had time they took me to a ward, a sun-bleached hospital where all the doors were so heavy that they did not require locks. They led me past rows of reinforced beds where our steps will echo long after we have all run out of time. They shout your name just when the rain hits the windows and an evil wind shakes the trees, tambourine shakers of dead leaves. They took me to a dirty beach. There, ghosts of surfers who drowned collect p- collected PET bottles for pledges on a gravel road between fields where the flowers of evil were allowed to grow and turn eternal forest into gossip press. Wow bloody hell 
that and that's like the first i think third of the song uh incredible um so that that definitely enhanced it for me like i, I think i listened mm. to the song without listening to the lyrics but then you know translated the lyrics and it yeah it kind of took on more meaning so yeah definitely one of my favorites i mean this is what people were always surprised about with me because to a lot of the Swedish people it's all about the lyrics mm. like they are you know like bright eyes for example the lyrics is a big part of of his persona and to kent it's all about the lyrics and therefore it is insane <laughs> that i had no idea what he's saying mm. and it, it, it frustrated them they kept saying learn this read this learn read this it'll be amazing for you mm-hmm. and yeah so you know maybe if we both spoke the language these songs will be 10 times better for us but yeah to me you know i i kind of do a google translate and find out that you know what the theme is but i never read know exactly what they're about unfortunately mm-hmm. i mean on on that i think of course lyrics add to a song um but you can definitely enjoy and like you know okay yeah google translate wasn't available in the 90s when when you were getting into them um and i think yeah it, it does add an extra layer than when you find out like like with the song but you can absolutely enjoy a band without knowing what's, what's going on but I, I think it does depend on your relationship to music right like We've talked about it plenty. Like lyrics are not the be all and end all, and for sure they can enhance a song. But it's yeah, I think Kent have got enough going on musically that you you don't need to know the lyrics to enjoy it. And you can hear in his voice, you know, you can hear when he's bleeding his heart out. You can you you, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I you know I I enjoy it um, either way. Um, so then we bring on to um, possibly the last um, single with the traditional Kent sound. Mm-hmm. So had kind of so they went electro for two or three albums and this became their new single and i was like yay they've gone back to playing guitars mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all got all excited um i think the album's called i'm not afraid of the dark and i got all excited that they're going to be bringing out a guitar album again and then no this was just it <laughs> that was it <laughs> the, the album was like a mix of like pop songs and dance tunes and you know whatever it, it didn't do much for me um i can imagine your fucking hater song um because this is like the man of the white hat but for the poppy version of it i think um, it pretty much yeah yeah there, there we go there we go and th- did you notice how he mentions like uh uh michael jackson michael bolton pepsi and coca-cola yeah no? um <laughs> Yeah, so he, I think he literally, I think he says it in Swedish. He says there is a light that will never go out, uh, as well yeah. referencing the Smiths. Yeah, no, th- that I really enjoyed. I, um, what else did I note down? Yeah, he talks about all our ideals came from a pink eighties, uh, which I, I thought was yeah again very lyrical. Uh, but yeah, this this was my least favorite by some margin. I wrote that this sounded like wow. the worst bits of Snow Patrol, Snow Patrol and Coldplay, um, and. I put that I was unmoved by the RRRs <laughs> and didn't listen to the end. <laughs> so, oh, oh, the ending's the best bit. So again, I said before he doesn't like like a chorus. Mm-hmm. So rather than having a chorus, he goes ah, mm-hmm. and then the last two minutes, he the song completely changes over, mm-hmm. and uh, um, Sa- uh, Sammy does a brilliant guitar solo, okay. and then 
and then they're saying I've got 999 things I want to do mm-hmm. and 999 regrets and it keeps repeating that so mm-hmm. if, you want to, if you want to learn what the word 999 is in Swedish they will repeat it again and again and again well, so, there we so, go. so, so skip, skip, to the, skip to the end and that's, and that's the best send off okay. again it's far, it's far too long it, it could be a four and a half minute indie song mm-hmm. and it's what six seven minute song maybe but again I, I don't think it's bad to have a long song and I, I think it just requires a different kind of headspace uh to to get into it but um but yeah like uh it just i, I can understand why you would like it where other people like it but yeah not my cuppa so then we move on to their last album mm-hmm. in 2016 with uh vr inter door we are no longer here or there even um again i knew it was the last of the album i was hoping it would be like the best of kent mm-hmm. but no it's still in the electronic flourishes of previously and this was maybe the only song I liked off that entire album mm. um, so I wanted to give you the the different Kent the Kent we, we finished with mm-hmm. um, I, I do like the follow me hook in it near the end mm-hmm. um, so yeah I don't know if you like this more because it's electronic let me know so I again the effect is back on his voice isn't it um, which I thought was mm. interesting I didn't really know what I thought about this song and I listened to it twice so I really enjoyed his voice I didn't like the keys as much and when it builds to the sort of instrumental bit it loses it for me but I've written the erasure synths uh, which come in on the last third are really good so erasure once again for for very different reasons <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to need a few more listens to come back with a, with a proper p- opinion on that one I'm afraid I mean, it might be interesting, but you may enjoy their more Depression Mode-esque albums, mm. maybe. Perhaps a bit, um, a bit like R.E.M., right? Where you're saying, like, actually, the latest stuff that maybe people don't like as much is the bit you're going to like. <laughs> although they're massive in their own country, they only sold three, three million albums. That's not something you can retire on, is it, really? And they haven't done anything themselves since, really. I mean, I think he randomly wrote an Eddie Golding song. Really? And, and a and an Avicii song. And that's all he's done since. Wow. And none of it, none, none of the band have done anything. I I I checked them out, and so it's probably they need to make some money. I don't, I don't know what else they're doing. Maybe they got they got full time jobs. So who knows? Yeah, we're finishing on a B side. Fran, are you trying to placate me here? <laughs> well, I always like to, to promote a B side. Yeah. And this so this was um, a B side they did in English uh, called "We Need to Eat." But Spotify does not have it, so I, I have to go onto YouTube to hear it. So, you, but you can hear the original B side to I think Heavenly uh, Junkie, um, and it's called No. I don't know what No. Uh, it means it means zero again, like Vinter No. Uh, yeah, they they like they like round numbers. Yeah. So in the English version, I believe it's about him uh, living with someone with depression, mm-hmm. and sees so guilt tripping him, saying, "You know, you can't ever leave me." But he thinks, well, I have to go because I think we're both dying. That that sort of you know emo uh, lyric, but it's quite different because this was one of the first time I ever heard them playing a synthesizer. Mm-hmm. So this would have been you know it stood out quite a lot, and I always kind of liked the the melancholic sound to it, and I kind of enjoyed the lyrics as well for me. But um, I don't know what you think. Um, I bloody loved it. Um, I thought I loved how many guitars there were going on. I was trying to count. I think there's at least three. I put woozy, synthy, crunchy. <laughs> um, and you mentioned before the arpeggios, like in Letdown. Here, you hear that as well. Um, you know, the, the repeating motif throughout is, is, is almost like an arpeggio. 
And I think it just, it sounds so original because it's so, um, it's so loud with the beating drums and the bass, but it's also grungy. Like you're being dragged along at the same time. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, so, so yeah, loved it immediately added to, to my Spotify and yeah, made me be like, well, clearly it's the B-Sides album that I have to check out next. <laughs> Uh, the beat they have the B side album is really actually very good, and mm. um, people got pissed off with them because after two thousand and five they stopped making B sides as well, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? This is like the whole you know all the hardcore Kent fans love the B sides because you know you're the same as like the Smith fans and the Suede fans. Mm-hmm. It's all about the B sides." Um, but yeah, the B side album is, is worth getting, and they they wrote two or three new songs for it, and then they remixed some of the older B sides and made them much better. So. Yeah, for further listening, do uh, check out the B-side compilation. And I've not really ever heard the uh, the Swedish version of No because I always knew the English version. So I don't know if the lyrics are the same theme, if it's about that sort of, you know, someone relying on him to, to keep her alive, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I feel like I will I will go and listen to all the versions and get back to you. No, this this really, um, yeah, it was... Yeah, I'm. I'm almost sad that you didn't start the playlist with it because this would have uh, this would have got me on board a bit more. In a way, it was it was a nice closer. Um, but, <laughs> but as I said, you know, looking back, like when I thought, like, oh yeah, I, I didn't like Kent as much as I thought I would, and I think that's still that's still kind of true. But actually, it's 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 not that I I disliked it. It's just that yeah, I either didn't know what to think of it or you know, it's just it's just not for me. Um, but I'm, I, I was really glad to, to have an opportunity to listen to them again, to, to get into the lyrics. And um, I think I will do some further listening for sure. I think that you should listen to Hagnes the Hill because mm-hmm. um, it's very similar to uh, I see the mm-hmm. I, still, I, I, yeah, I think I'm saying time. it like it's Italian uh, or something, but there we go. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I could have made uh, a dozen playlist and it would sound quite different so you know if i concentrated in the end of career they'd be all you know dark synth uh, tracks so you know i i didn't really know what to do i just chose a song per album and you know there you go um so yeah so definitely don't if you didn't enjoy this this is not kent there's many different kents yeah. so you can find your own your own version yeah, yeah maybe start start with hackness to hill mm-hmm. uh i think you'd you probably enjoy that it's okay then it's lovely it's lovely and depressing mm-hmm. in a good way. So, yeah, so you've had a depressing time, Babs, haven't you, really? <laughs> Abba and Kent, I apologise for your comeback. <laughs> no, no, Kent, I, Kent, Kent were interested, but Abba, like I did Kent before Abba, and I'm, I'm glad I did because Kent took me um, a bit longer, but just, it, I think it was it was very frustrating to listen to shit Abba. Like, I think I need to go in, like, I think lay, lay all your love on me. Like, it, it always was one of my favourite tracks. But I don't think I realised how much I appreciated it musically until recently, until I was like, that keyboard solo at the end is really interesting, let me try and learn it. Um, so, yes, I mean, d- definitely you would associate moodiness, let's say, with Swedes. And that's what both the bands bring today in in some shape or form. But yeah, I guess with Kent, you didn't really know. It's it's so ethereal sometimes that you didn't know that they were singing about depression or an icy cold winter. Uh, but no, no, I'm really, I think I, I would agree that Kent are underrated. Like they definitely deserve to be better known outside of their country, regardless of what bloody language they're, they're singing in. I, I, I think they're, I ha, you know, I, I really knew nothing about them. I had honestly presumed that they'd done like three albums in in the late 90s you know mid 2000s and then i was like oh my god they've done a lot and they only broke up in 2016 i had no idea so yeah it was really interesting to delve into them and i shall be delving further so thank you 
Well, yeah, so enjoy Hacknester Hill. Um, so are Tuck. we saying... Uh, Tuck, yeah. Are we saying that ABBA are overrated? Uh, and f- yes. Yeah, absolutely. I would both agree. We're both and agree. we are saying that Kent are maybe underrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's good. How nice. F1, F1's a winner. Everyone's happy. Uh, so. so let's sing, as usual on a podcast, with... Thank you for the music. Thank you guys for listening to uh, us again. And uh, let us know of any other artists you'd like us to talk about. And Babs, do you have anything to say before you go to Greece? Um, delighted that I don't have any kind of paternity issues as the character in, in Mamma Mia. God, that's... It's pretty much sorted. And as you, uh, to... well, I mean, which you, you think you haven't, but which which I think I have. True, true. My you know mega, uh, yeah. My dad is definitely going to be listening to this episode. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, Paolo hasn't got any any more secrets for me. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, if you know, I might be. You might find me singing SOS on a beach. Who knows? Uh, but hopefully. And... <laughs> Not, not because I want to be rescued from the, the grips of Abba. And you can find out that, that Craig, uh, sorry, that Daniel Craig is also your father. You know, many things can happen. <laughs> I almost said Craig David, but it's even more. Well, yeah. Even more. Is, is Daniel Craig one of them? Isn't it like Stellan Skarsgård and... No, no, it's Pierce Brosnan, but I wanted to make it more modern for you. Oh to, my, uh, okay. Wow. Okay, I, I'm sorry, Because you're guys. young? It is quarter to 11 in, in Brussels. <laughs> and I actually, it's quarter to 11... I have to leave my house at 8.30am tomorrow. I have started packing. So yeah, to be fair, <laughs> I, to I, I think Daniel Craig would be about 10 years old, so he's probably not going to be on a boat. But um, yes, <laughs> move on from this James Bond analogy and say thank you for the podcast, Babs, and enjoy your time in Greece. Thank you for the podcast, the themes we're putting together. And uh, yes, have a lovely evening too, friend. See you. Goodbye. Hey, door. Hello again. You made it to the last part of the podcast where I say goodbye and thank you for listening. Um, please review, share, like, and all of those things that other podcasts go on about. Yes, we are on social media. We are OU Music Pod on Twitter and Over Underrated Music Pod on Instagram as well. So get in touch and see you. Next time, or very not in person, that would be strange.